position. Uh, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Saturday Morning D&D Show. My name is Jordan, with a silent PH in the middle, and I am joined always by my wonderful co-host, Sir Lucian, over at Sir Lucian Gaming. Say hello, sir. Thanks. Mostly always. Maybe Mostly not always. Quite last always. week, <laughs> last week was a little iffy. We actually had a really—I don't know if you caught the episode, but we had. You a, had a, a very really controversial guest, as as far as I'm concerned. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Lex is great. <laughs> no, Lex is awesome, and we we talked about the OSR a lot because he loves the OSR. I, yeah, I did watch and, it yep. and uh, Dungeon Crawl Classics, and uh, I made all like my stuff. notes where I disagree with him, so that I could come back on today's show and correct you know all the things <laughs> he was saying. <laughs> but it got me thinking of uh, you know it'd be a good video. Like we back in the day, Matt Colville mm -hmm. and Adam Coble mm -hmm. and, and Matt Mercer, they were doing these roundtable discussions a lot yeah. where they would just kind of like talk about D&D. And I want to do one of those, but I want to get like somebody who really knows uh, like second edition Dungeons and Dragons mm -hmm. and talk to us like, why is that important? And then I want to find somebody who knows third edition and be like, why is that important? And then I want to talk about the importance of fourth edition because that's what I played a whole bunch yeah. and how all of those have evolved. So I think like three hour long videos of just like t people talking about that would be really cool. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, you know, that would also be cool if we could take those same players and run like, okay, we're going to run a second edition one shot and we're going to run a third yeah. edition one shot. And, so, and like a so quintessential you, yeah. one, one that really shows exactly what yeah. that edition was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're they're all out there. Like, or, well, yeah, that would be really cool. Like this is, this is just a great third edition module or this is like the yeah. fourth edition this module. This was the experience. This yeah. is what you were getting. Yeah, yeah. Um, That would be fun. It would also be fun to do the same module that's been updated. Oh, so like different rules. To yeah, see. yeah. Yeah. Like, so, uh, white plume mountain is in tales of the yawning portal. I don't know if white mm -hmm. plume mountain was updated for third edition, but like we could play it second edition. We could play mm -hmm. it third edition and fifth edition. Like that would be kind of fun to be like, wow, how is this different? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, now we're the Saturday morning D and D show where we just talk about sh show videos for Jordan's YouTube channel. But like, that's what yeah. I've been thinking of lately. <laughs> Uh, that that's going to take a lot of effort. It's not going to happen overnight, but it's kind of exciting. So uh, look yeah. for that next week is what he's saying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no. no. Um, but yeah, uh, lots of stuff going on in uh, the D&D &D world. Um, mm -hmm. It's it's uh, it's PAX uh, 2020 online. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if any of you guys are uh, Penny Arcade fans. Mm -hmm. I am because of Acquisitions Incorporated, or that's love how I'm Penny tying Arcade. it into this show, but I love Penny Arcade. They're really just good people, too. They're just nice. Yeah, like the, they're the those kind Penny of people Arcade you'd want to be your friends. Yeah. You know. um, and they have, uh, so PAX is online, but they made a uh, Discord. And mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys have checked this out, but it's it's kind of fun. Uh, they have a bunch of like Easter eggs and little mini games and they've coded a bunch of stuff into it. And so uh, I, I'd search the Penny Arcade Discord. It's only going to last this week. And then they're taking oh, it down. they're going to shut it down? Yeah. That's crazy. So it's just like it is this convention Discord and it's kind of cool. A seasonal Discord. You can get cool badges. You can run around and like, uh, yeah, you can do a lot of stuff and talk to people. And, and uh, they have a line simulator where you're just like, pretending you're in a line waiting for something and you talk to <laughs> random strangers. And so I've been having a lot of fun kind of like creeping through here and, and just having yeah. a good time. Uh, people are, you know, dumping their cosplay pictures from older conventions, but it's like, this is the cosplay. That yeah. The cosplayers so, are getting hit hard right now. They need a place to be able to show yeah. off the work yeah. they've been putting in. Yeah. Cause that's always a big thing for them walking around those hallways yeah. and having Instagram only goes so far. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, are you doing any games? Did you sign up for any? 
I have not, no. But mostly because I just don't have the time, I'll be honest. <laughs> we were just talking about how busy I am, Lucian. Uh, <laughs> and I've got all these videos to edit, and editing takes so much time. Um, but no, uh, there was a, a patron in front of the show, Vincent. He was saying that uh, He's there's like games? a Call of Cthulhu yeah. game going out. And I've been yeah. we've been talking about how I want to play Call of Cthulhu, and that would be really fun to sign up for like a one-shot, but... Mm -hmm. uh, but no, there's a whole D&D section to sign up for games. It's apparently free, which is kind of cool. Um, well, you haven't so. signed up for any of the online convention games yet, have you? This no. year? None? You have, are you going to do D&D &D Celebration? Are you going to do... Because they're doing Adventure League games there. I know, that? yeah. And uh, getting into that, they're going to uh, unveil some of the new subclasses that are that are in Tasha's uh, Cauldron of Everything. And so I thought that would be really cool to play that. But no, I haven't... I don't know. I haven't really signed up for anything. I don't think I want to GM or be a dungeon master for the for that. But uh, playing would be kind of fun. So yeah, I don't I know. Maybe a, I should. I had a up. blast at Gen Con. I mean, I got two games oh, the Gen that Con were online. terrible. Yeah, and then I got four games that were great. So mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you're going to get some hit and miss depending on what's going yeah. on. But man, a couple of them were were really good. So no, and you can make like some really cool new friends too, like yeah, across the United experience. across the world friends. I should say, yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, I don't know. I should. We're, now you we're should. talking about it. I should make myself a note. Jordan, sign up for a game. Uh, <laughs> that can be my report after the D&D &D celebration. And uh, the, the, when yeah. you said packs, you have, uh, there's lots of packs. So what is, what packs is happening right now? Is it unplugged or is it? No, no, no this November. is, uh, this, this was, West, uh, right? This was supposed to be PAX Labor Day in Seattle, I think. Yeah, so PAX West then. PAX, um, but they're just, just calling PAX. it PAX Online. Yeah, um, okay. And PAX Unplugged is in December, and that's in Pennsylvania, I think. Yeah, So. or November, I thought, is when I went. Oh, November, December, yeah, something like that. Somewhere in there. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I'm assuming that that's also going to be canceled, so I don't know what's going to happen there. I assume it'll be online. Yeah, they might do it online. Well, depending yeah, that, on how successful this one is. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. like physical, I mean, playing video games is one thing and PAX is generally about video games with a tabletop side. Uh, RPGs are one thing to play online. We have resources to do that. But like if you're trying to debut your new uh, board game, you know, with all of like yeah. the custom pieces you carved out of wood, it's a little harder to do that. Uh, yeah, you got to do Twitch so. shows and whatever. But PAX Unplugged is more of the board game style of PAX yeah, yeah. than any of the other stuff. So we'll see. We'll see we'll what see. happens. Uh, speaking of D&D &D Celebration, that is next week, I believe, the 19th and the 20th of September. Yeah. And uh, like the book release is like just in a few days. Yeah. The book release is on the 15th, Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. Um, it mm -hmm. looks really, really interesting. Uh, I'm excited. And I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out where. Because I always want to run these when they come out, you know, and I just never get a chance to. Uh, but I'm trying to figure out if I should, because uh, I have my my home groom, home game people, and we haven't met in forever. And those are the ones that are in the Shadowfell that like that happened like a long time ago. And I'm wondering if I should just be like, hey, twice a month, do you guys want to take a Friday? Because we're all stuck at home and we'll dip our toes into playing online. And maybe mm -hmm. we'll start Rhyme of the Frostmaiden. Uh, and maybe I'll start them at like fifth level or something just to like, get through it in a faster fashion because I always, I like the idea of starting at first level, but uh, if you have experienced players, I feel like it's just not fun, but I could be yeah. wrong. At least third, 
I think yeah. fifth is good because that can give your players a real wide landscape to come up with some really cool characters. And if they get excited about building characters, yeah. you get more people showing up when you actually schedule them. So yeah, I like that third to five range to start those campaigns out and just say, you know, come up with something cool and unique and fun that you want to play and some concept that you've had in here. We want to play on this day. Sounds, sounds pretty fun. Uh, yeah, it's really fun. I, I don't know. So uh, uh, there's been a couple of secrets coming out of uh, Rime of the Frost Maiden, some release details. Uh, have you been checking any of them out? I've looked at a few here. I almost wanted to wait until I got the book to really just go reading through it. I yeah. noticed there was, um, they've done a few lore you should knows. They did a couple on the Magic the Gathering book. They've done a couple on this one now. And I believe we're going to see more of it probably at the D&D um, celebration celebration we'll yeah. see some adventure stuff going on with that um there's a lore you should know out there right now called the 10 towns for those of you that are lore fanatics like jordan is mm-hmm. um you should recognize the 10 towns something that's been around for a while up in near the Icewind Dale area um it talks about how you know ed greenwood kind of created the area but then um our favorite drist author comes in and really kind of grabs it because nobody had done much with yeah. it and, and put in a a huge story there they talk about that um, the rhyme of the frost maiden happens after uh, what's the book? Is it called the crystal shard or the something shard or uh, the I crystal shard is a book. So yeah. The, yeah. yeah. So it's about a hundred years after that. Although um, he kind of reconfirmed Chris Perkins reconfirmed that they don't put a specific date. They don't hold you to that. But if you wanted to have a general date, yeah. it was that 1490 two-ish thing whereas that book was happening in the 13 somethings yeah yeah they're trying to be vague on uh and and that's been frustrating uh me and a lot of fans from uh uh, you know trying to put a timeline together but Mm -hmm. honestly to keep it a more fluid and living world i think it's smart to be like yeah uh this is happening and then after you save the world from the Frost Maiden, if that is indeed the adventure, I have not read it yet. Uh, mm-hmm. Then you can be like, oh, we're going to go to the Underdark and do Out of the Abyss. But didn't Out of the Abyss happen before? So we can't really play it. And you, you're you preventing arguments like that. You know, you're mm-hmm. just like, yeah, just go have fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of like the idea of like five cataclysmic events just happening in Faerun at the same time and everybody <laughs> stops and saves them. So uh, have yeah. you done much on the 10 towns? I don't know if that's shown up on your channel. Um, I have talked about 10 Towns and I made an Icewind Dale video where I kind of went into detail about 10 Towns. So if you're interested Because it sounds like a cool place. It sounds like it's a a grouping of settlements that are nearish to each other. They support each other, but it's still a harsh land up there. Yeah. Well, and that's the reason they support each other is because it is so harsh. And they're like, we could fight and war with each other, but Mm -hmm. that's not... Like me taking your resources by force is not nearly as good as being like, I've got fish. Can I have some grain? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because I can't survive on on fish alone. I need I need something else. Uh, and so it's, yeah, I, I think that, I mean, it's kind of cool because you think about it and it's like, yeah, if you're in this terrible thing, it's smarter to work together. Terrible thing yeah, being yeah. the snowy environment that is. Yeah. Well, in the three words that I thought really encapsulated, Chris Perkins had mentioned them and he said, isolation, secrecy and survival mm-hmm. these are the three things that are uh, they're up there and it's like a place where people go that they don't want to be found and they don't want people to know about their past 
it's a harsh, mm-hmm. hard, if you're not hard enough, you're not going to survive kind of place. Mm-hmm. And there's nobody coming to save you. You know, it's yeah. isolated. It's it's out there. So it was like this, if you're really looking for a campaign that's going to drive those things in there, this is the one, you know, this one is really probably going to capture that kind of effect. And what it made me think of when I was listening to that video was I watched the series on AMC called Hell on Wheels, which was about the trains moving across the the United States and two different train companies trying to get across at the same time, but they were going through these areas that are basically unsupported. They're out in the middle of nowhere and how those types of people, what types of people are drawn to that? What kinds of things happen when you're out Mm. in a place like that? And some of the craziness that goes around with that. And that made me think, even though that's not a snowy landscape, the ideas and the storylines that were happening in that show made me think they would fit really well in a book like this. But also we've talked about all the John Carpenter movies that would, you know, just like if you want to do a thing based that, you know, this is it, this is the one. So. No, I'm, I'm really excited and I I hope I'm not hyping it up too much because Baldur's Gate descent into Avernus, I was very excited for. And then the more I was reading it, I was just like, I don't think I want to run this adventure. Like I don't, I mean, yeah. I think it would be a fine adventure, but it's just not the what idea I of it was good. Yeah. But maybe, maybe the execution wasn't where, where or it was, and I shouldn't say it was bad. I just say it wasn't, it what wasn't what I wanted, and I'm not yeah. entirely sure what I wanted. But it wasn't that kind of a thing. It's I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah. and I, that's an important distinction I think on everything we always say too is the idea is we we have this idea of what we want, and sometimes it makes it that, and sometimes it doesn't. That doesn't make the product bad mm-hmm. or it doesn't make it good. It's just oh, we were thinking it might be something else. Yeah. No big deal. Somebody else. I'm sure there are plenty that love it. Like I'm, I fell in love with Tomb of Annihilation. Had no idea I would and fell in love with that module. I, Waterdeep was okay. I heard a lot of people loved Waterdeep. I'm, I'm more into Dungeon of the Mad Mage. It's a little bit more fun for me than that mm-hmm. one. Um, I'm interested, and I know you loved um, Salt Marsh and all that. Yeah, so that I really did. Your favorite yeah. ones and the way that came out. So it's just like we all have our little things that, that kind of tick the boxes for us and say, God, this has been really good. And this has been really rememberable. And these are the kinds of adventures and stories I like to run and tell. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I want this one to be good, but I'm also a little bit fearful like you that once I read it, maybe it won't be all the stuff that I want. Cause I want full, I'm full on John Carpenter, man. Like I'm full on, I want the thing. I want aliens. I want, <laughs> you know, so if it's not that I'll be, I'll be let down, but it's not because it's like you said, a bad product. It's just, yeah. I hyped it up in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and we'll see. We, uh, I, I think um, I, I'm going to try. Maybe. Well, I'm working a lot uh, with my day job, my Muggle job. Um, but hmm. I'm going to try real hard to read through it before next uh, Saturday morning D and D show, and then we can talk about it. And we will not have spoilers because I'm a big fan of not having spoilers. Yeah. Even in story. my YouTube channel, where I try to make videos, being like. You know, here's the lore you should know before playing this adventure. Those are all mm-hmm. like that's just general knowledge in the region kind of a thing. I don't I don't like to give spoilers. So yeah. same with my videos on the should you buy videos. I always made sure not to give out any of the spoilers of the story, but only told things in there. Like if you're a player, you might be interested because it's added this class or it's mm-hmm. added this background or something. Or if you're a DM, these things are interesting to you. But 
those stories are fun. You don't want to spoil them for everybody. You want to, yeah. you want to live them mm-hmm. when they happen. You don't want to hear about them from somebody else. <laughs> uh, and then, and then you can like, Oh, you've played Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. I did too. Mm-hmm. What did you do when uh, the fire elemental came out of the ice pit? And you're like, what? Yeah. It's fun to talk to people about that. Have those yeah. shared experiences. I had that really good experience with the storm King's thunder. Cause I had one yeah. group that are now I'm DM for them, but they had played storm King's thunder with another DM. I ran Storm King's Thunder for a group and then we got to compare, well, what did your group go and do and what things did you do and how did you guys tackle this thing? And Mm -hmm. it was really fun to be able to compare and see how they were both widely different, but they had pieces that were similar and we all had really a lot of fun playing it. That's cool. Uh, And then, of course, with Rhyme of the Frost Maiden, we're getting season 10 of Adventures League and I have not been uh, playing Adventures League. I have not been keeping up with it. But uh, these look like some really cool... Uh, they basically announced the uh, modules that are coming with Season 10. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, they have Ice Road Trackers, which is just really funny. Um, <laughs> and uh, that's like level range 1 to 2, but it's optimized for first. And then Into the Frozen North, Gnashing Teeth, uh, divining evil, cold benevolence, and then the great knucklehead rally. And knucklehead refers knucklehead to knucklehead rally. trout, which are yeah. unique to Icewind Dale, and they've got kind of an ivory head. And people make uh, inf- they make artwork and stuff out of them called scrimshaw. Now, uh, anyway, a lot of these are cool. Uh, some names: Justice uh, Armin. Mm-hmm. Wrote one of them. Celeste Conowich wrote another. Um, some really cool people writing Adventures League. And with Adventures League came uh, an announcement, a tweet, that during the D&D celebration, you'll be able to play some of these uh, through their channels. Not They're not going to release them free or anything. Um, but uh, some of the new classes will be featured. And so you have the potential of playing the Genie Warlock or the Wild Magic Barbarian, uh, which are now, both of them are now confirmed to be in Tasha's Cauldron of Ed- Everything. Uh, the Wild Magic Barbarian apparently is the Wild Soul Barbarian in UA, which is like a Feywild Magic Barbarian that mm-hmm. is kind of a cool concept, not something that I was thinking of playing, but it's if you wanted to be an Eladrin Barbarian, it's kind of, yeah, you've got this innate magic in you, and I don't know, it's kind of fun. So I absolutely hate that in the notes you uh, abbreviated as Taco. Is yeah, yeah. No, that's the official abbreviation. (laughs) Official Jordan with a PH abbreviation is T-A, capital C, little O, capital E. It is Taco. That is Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. Taco. Yeah. So I'm excited for Taco to come out. It's going to be great. (laughs) Um, Taco Tuesday. Yeah. And then I was looking at the Wild Soul Barbarian. It had that one where there was like wild magic surges that did interesting stuff. Uh, But it was a D8 channel or a D8 instead of a... uh, D20, like the Wild Magic mm-hmm. Sorcerer. So we might get more of these, but some of them were really like lots of like light that does 2D8 damage. And then some of them was just uh, grass grows around you from 10 feet. And I don't know. Those good random effects are fun though to, to role play out, for, especially if you're you're into role playing your character that way and you, mm-hmm. you love the idea of something being thrown at you that you have to just kind of roll with. Those are fun, yeah. fun mechanics. I really like uh, the Genie Warlock. And uh, if you guys follow me on Twitter, I was lamenting, I think last night, because I was re-looking at the Genie Warlock, because I, I was thinking, the next character I play, like, I've always wanted to play a Warlock, and I think the Genie Warlock is the one I want to play, because I love the idea 
of a pact with a genie. I love uh, Al-Qadim and I love uh, uh, the Middle Eastern uh, um, mythology and stuff. And I always thought that was really interesting. And so this seems like something that I really want to play and I'm really excited to be able to play it. But then it got me thinking about the uh, Spore Druid and I was so excited to play the Spore Druid and I really, and I had this turtle Spore Druid all made and I was really excited for him. And then Ravnica came out, it was printed and uh, I don't like using the word nerf. I think they balanced it balanced correctly, it, yeah. but at the same time, <laughs> it, they added too many mechanics. So rather than just doing like an extra three poison damage on every turn or something, now the enemy had to make a a save. And I just felt like your turn was not efficient mm-hmm. in that I want to do this. And then we have to roll three different saves to see if I a hit to see if he B takes damage. And then I have to roll the extra damage, but not for, and and it just got too complicated. I was like, it was much more fun when it was just, and I do an additional three points of damage on that because he's in my like poison area. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, and then there were some other things that I was kind of sad about, but I, I like, I like the idea of the spore druid. So I'm sad. Or I'm not sad because I don't know the genie warlock, but do, I wonder if it's going to get totally changed. Uh, and, and all of a sudden that thing, uh, going back to our conversation, I don't know what it is that I want out of the genie warlock, but I wonder <laughs> if they're going to take that away. But anyway, I, I'm hearing I a lot of genie fear warlock. from Jordan. He's fearing Rhyme of the Frostmaid is not going to be <sighs> good. He's fearing the genie warlock's not going to be good. <sighs> Lots I of fear play, going on. <laughs> I want to play. Yeah, I do. I re- but I really am excited for the G- the genie warlock. I think that's going to be my new favorite thing. Um, I think we're what, all what are you love are, that book when it are comes you, out. What book? Sorry. The, oh, I, that, when that book comes out, I think we're all going to love it because there's oh, yeah. everybody's going to be able to find something, even if it's not like maybe maybe genie you bounce off of because it's after they do the rewrite you're not into it. You'll find something else in there where you go, oh my god, this is the thing that's really good. There'll still right. be something in there. I was even thinking because the genie warlock has like a bottle or a ring or something like that, a lamp, mm-hmm. and uh, as an action you can go inside of it. And uh, at 10th level or something, you can ha- bring your party in and they can have a short rest in 10 minutes as opposed to like a couple hours. Nice. Um, and I thought that was really cool. But you know what? That could easily be a magic item. Like, mm-hmm. and then there's a whole quest where a genie is actively like, I want my lamp back. And they're like, oh, we kind of yeah, use it for short totally. rests. So <laughs> I don't want to give it back to you. And, and, and I have to think about it like that because there's a lot of times where... Um, the mechanic I want my my character to be able to do, well, then make a magic item that does that. You know, mm-hmm. like that. There's nothing That's stopping the it. So, yeah. but uh, ah, I want to play that warlock. So well, I'm interested to see what the rule changes are going to be for Adventure League. Um, I've only played ever a couple of games here or there. I've never dived into Adventure League. Not like you did in the in the beginning. Back when we first started the show, you were pretty deep into Adventure League yeah. early on. Um, and then I, I did a few games here and there. I'm still interested to see where the rules are changing, what they're trying to do, because I always like to understand how they're trying to change the concept of structured play, right? And how how that's going to affect, or does it help to promote more people to try that style? Or are they still creating rules that are, people are like, you know, I don't really don't like how that works, you know, or well, yeah, the thing they, that I want to play. And I, I left right when they switched um, the uh, XP and eight. magic item system. Yeah. So like you now leveled up based on how many sessions you joined, not how many monsters you killed or uh, 
hours you played or something. It was really weird. And then on top of that, you could only have certain magic items and they mm -hmm. couldn't cross pollinate. So I, I couldn't get the Ring of Winter from Tomb of Annihilation and pull it into Ravenloft. Um, yeah, and yeah. they were like, well, that just doesn't work. So it, mm -hmm. it almost made it that I had to have my Ravenloft character and I had to have this character and playing more characters, that's fine. But if you think about it, that was kind of the beauty of D&D is, mm -hmm. is like, yeah, like, you know, like, oh, I got this uh, Wand of Lightning nod in Storm King's Thunder. You didn't like yeah. you're not using that here. And that's kind of I don't know. That's and, and that like Shatzar says in chat. He's like, are we going to get, um, you know, players handbook plus one? But now we've got so many books. Is that really enough to let people be able to pick the different things that are out there? Because if you pick Tasha's, then you don't get you know, something from Xanathar's, or if you pick Xanathar's, yeah. you don't get something from Tasha's or even like in that Tasha's changes some rules or rewrites some rules for some things that had already been published. So do you pick the one plus that has the one rule published one way, or do you pick the rules that are published? You know, or is there, you know, yeah. I'm sure what you're supposed to do is talk with the DM and, you know, I'm sure they'll have rules about what can or can't work. And I'm waiting to see what those are. I haven't dived into them yet this year. Um, it's cool that they released kind of the the idea of what adventures are you going to get to play. But I'm I'm interested to see the changes for what they're going to try to do with season ten. Yeah, now we're um, almost over the year's almost done. <laughs> I don't know. I guess <laughs> maybe season ten is for 2021 mostly. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. They always start with the the big story release. So the last one was Baldur's Gate, and that was September of 2019. So yeah, it makes sense that it's it's now. Um, and yeah, the, uh, I just checked the adventure league players guide on the dungeon masters guild is still version 9.1. So yeah. we don't know if they're going to change it. Uh, a lot of people are speculating that it's not going to be a PHB plus one because mm. I don't know. It's kind of like what, well, mostly spells, because mm -hmm. if you are, I really want to play a college of swords bard. Well, then you're going to take, you know, PHB plus Xanathar's, but the problem was, is if I wanted to be a blade singer, then you were PHB plus uh, Sword Coast Adventures Guide, and then you missed out on all of the Tasha, or Tasha spells, all of the spells in Xanathar's. So uh, I wonder if they're going to just say, you know, I don't know, mostly magic yeah. and feats is where and it comes into a problem. Into it. Yeah. Well, I ran into it when I was trying to pick a race out of like Mordenkainen's. Oh, that's true. Races, yeah. Polos, but then I wanted to play a class from one of the class books. And that's where I kept running into the problem when I was doing Adventure League stuff. Because I wanted to have a fun, cool, interesting race that I had not, had not played yet. But if you did that, you kind of limited yourself away from the other cool classes that were being put out there and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Like I forgot about races, but that's a huge one because it's like, I really want to play in Eladrin. Well, then you're, hey, you LB know. made it. Good so. job, LB. Oh, that, that LB. I heard there might be a little bit of a video with LB and yeah. Jordan in the works. Uh, it is, it is currently being edited along with edited. all of my other video. Uh, but well, no, we recorded it. That you pay a lot of money to, to get on the job. Yeah, that's me. I pay me no money to oh, work well into the night. Uh, it's always Tuesday night. I'm like, it's 11 o'clock at night. I should be asleep. I got to finish this video. Um, a lot of work goes into this channel, both yes. this one and the PH channel. So thank you for yes. subscribing, sharing with your friends and all that other stuff. Uh, Rhyme of the Frost Maiden, something 
something is brewing in the world of Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, I don't know if you heard about this, but um, there we've talked about it a little bit, but there are these black obelisks kind of like scattered through uh, the various adventures of Dungeons and Dragons. There's one in Tomb of Annihilation. I think there's one in Storm King's Thunder. There's one in Out of the Abyss, I think. Mm. Um, and apparently there is one in Rime of the Frostmaiden. And this one in Rhyme of the Frostmaiden, some people have been getting advanced copies and they're kind of talking about some early stuff that uh, it, it's going to explain the existence of these black obelisks a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's one in Dungeon of the Mad Mage, actually. So maybe Ooh. you'll come across this. Uh, there's a really cool, yeah, it has really cool effects. So I won't spoil it. But uh, they're all, they're all uh, covered in abjuration magic and not really sure what they do kind of a thing. Uh, but they have been sprinkled, and I think this is kind of fun that all these different Forgotten Realms adventures, well, there might be a tie-in with uh, the Demi-Lich god Vecna, and uh, a lot of people are, you know, elaborate, like, what does this mean, and all this other stuff. Uh, so they're, I think 2021, they're gonna take this, and Tasha's Cauldron of Everything is probably gonna change a bunch of stuff, and I wonder if they're going to explain it story-wise with a big event uh, involving this big bad villain of, of all time. So I've been be researching be a lot of Vecna, Vecna since Vecna I heard about this. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Um, and he hasn't been in uh, fifth edition a lot. Um, Vecna was a god in fourth edition, um, but He's not a god of the Forgotten Realms. He's a Greyhawk character. Mm -hmm. um, and so. But touched uh, yeah. in a lot of different areas of Forgotten Realms. Like yeah. he's shown up in lots of adventures in previous editions or parts of him. Or. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Vecna's, it's about him yeah. or. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The hand and eye of Vecna are. Uh, they're, they, they pop every up everywhere and they're really interesting magical items. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I don't know. So I've been doing a lot of research on Vecna. He's very interesting. He was mm -hmm. the main antagonist for season one of Critical Role, I hear. Like, I think that was their last fight was against Vecna. So yeah. uh, Vecna is interesting. Um, and so it's his hand, I think. If you wanna, if you wanna Google, you can. I don't wanna have any spoilers here, but some people have a lot of theories about these black obelisks and what it means for the future of the realms and the future of D&D in general. Um, especially with the 50th anniversary coming up of Dungeons and Dragons. Like there could be big shakeup stuff happening uh, with the, the big five. That'd be fun. So if they did that, I would love it. I would love it if they just came out with something totally out of left field for 50th. Yeah. You know what I want? I want, I don't want six edition, but spell I do. Uh, I do want spell jammer, but no, I would like, what if they, what if they made a big, uh, have you heard of epics? Um, yeah. yeah, where where you have like a, a room full of, you know, 100 people all at different tables of six or something. And then mm -hmm. everyone's playing a similar adventure that affects a main story in the beginning. I want Wizards of the Coast to release like an Adventures League epic where, you know, I'm the in DM the DM send in sheets yeah, 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 thing yeah. that their groups did. Exactly. And they compile that and the story is getting Exactly. And so th the next day they're like, okay, this is what happened based on what all of these did. And California, you guys came out of left field and you got the mm -hmm. ring of winter, you know, and that would be so fun and really yeah. bring uh, a lot of people together. Like, oh, Australia, you totally, you know, stopped this <laughs> and it was so cool. Like, I think that would be really fun. Uh, head out of left field, New Zealand with the surprise catch. Yeah, anyway. saves the world. 
they throw the ring in the volcano. Oh, that's all you had to do. But <laughs> the ring is mine. That's what they said. Love it. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of that's the news. Basically, there's not a lot of news. Yeah. We're going to have way more news next week with uh, not only um, Rhyme of the Frost meeting being released on Tuesday, but uh, there's going to be uh, the D&D celebration, the celebration yeah. stuff and seeing what's going on. Yeah. Did you I'm definitely gonna check out stuff here and there? Did you pre-order Rhyme of the Frostmaid? You're going to wait. No, I was going to go pick it up. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. You you get it at the, the game store. Yeah, I, I got to it, buy it both at the brick on, and mortar. I got it both on uh, Amazon and D&D Beyond. So I think oh, okay. uh, Saturday or Tuesday morning, I'll probably be at work, like working on this screen and reading Rhyme of the Frostmaiden on that screen. Yeah, yeah. I want but don't tell my on boss. the shelf because I like the artwork on that one. That one's good. Um, this brings us uh, to uh, the wonderful part of our show where I never have... You, you don't have the, it ready. Which, I don't have you, it ready. I get it. Yeah. I don't either. Nobody does. I, I have, have a record ready. scratch ready because that's what I was using <laughs> a couple weeks ago. That's going to show up in a video. Nice. Um, showed up in... Uh, no, I did a record scratch in last Wednesday's video. It was really funny. I can see you watch my channel, Lucian. I'm really I'm really excited that you are, you know... I did. Oh, did you watch that? I watched that most of it. Yeah, like, well, I do like all your all your fans. We watched like the first four minutes and then we're just, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> and then we're bored. Yeah. You know how YouTube statistics are. That's what they always tell you. It's like, hey, somebody watched your video for 30 seconds and then they, <laughs> yeah. Damn yeah, got to Got to keep that audience attention rate. Watch I don't even board. have the MP3. Uh, I don't even know where it is. So, uh, Bardic Inspiration. Mine. Yes. <laughs> Hit it. Very sorry to our wonderful. Thank you again, Taylor, uh, for that. Person. Yes. Uh, sorry, Taylor. I will find the MP3 and Jordan save it in a place. It it's going to be great. Actually, I should just put it in OBS and then I, I keep it in Discord and I just scroll up and I hit it from Discord and it plays. And then well, I where is it in Discord? Because that's where I was looking for it's it. It's on the live show. Live oh, show. Oh, live show chat. And it's and only just, just a scrolled up. Yeah, just a tiny bit. Oh, see, I'm too. I'm too far up. Beetle and Grimm's, and then Taylor. There it is. Just okay. above. Yes, yeah, just it. above. So if you yeah. want to be able to hear our that little ditty or one of the other ones that Taylor created, you too can go to the yeah. Discord. Check it out. Uh, links in the description for our Discord. I'm going to add, I'm going to save that and add it to uh, where, where it <laughs> needs to go. Um, what what is what were you bardically inspired with this this week? These two weeks you had to think about this. It better be good. Yeah, yeah. Well, how, how did your guys' uh, last week's bardic inspiration go? Yeah, we didn't do it. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. We were so enamored by the OSR. Well, that's what we were. I, I did have a lot of fans contact me and say that I should not miss any more shows because anytime I do that, all Jordan talks about is OSR. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I have to contractually make all the rest of the shows. Saturday morning OSR show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but just teasing Jordan aside, uh, as he did a great, I did watch the whole show. It was super funny to listen to, to you and Lex talk about stuff and it was good. You guys had a couple of good other show ideas in there. I thought was pretty fun, but I was inspired by something called gladiator games campaign. And I was thinking about a campaign that was based around your players were going to be a gladiator team that was mm. going to fight in Coliseum games and the whole thing was based off of what types of games came up and what things changed or what kinds of things they would do to keep the audience uh, into it. You would have maybe like a, you could introduce some like type, some type of fame 
score or thing that they're doing. The rewards are about money and prestige and, and, and things. And you could have them tour maybe some different coliseums and you could turn it into like a lot of different routes that you could go with it based around being uh, some type of gladiators of some sort. So some type of, you know, fighting games that an audience would watch, I thought was a really cool idea. And I just thought, oh, that'd be really fun because not only as a dungeon master, could you come up with all of the ins and outs of the other gladiator teams, but think of just the sessions, right? Mm -hmm. You're setting your four, maybe keep it at four players up, but you get to fight them with four specially made other characters Mm -hmm. and basically almost do like a PVP battle against gladiator teams. And then you might do one that's a little bit more co-op where maybe a couple of gladiator teams come together and they have to fight a big monster as a big show. Somebody, somebody captures the dragon, puts the dragon in the Mm -hmm. costume because they want to do it for the emperor's birthday or something, (laughs) something weird. They do crazy stuff besides just the, the fighting of the teams and stuff. So I thought you could have a really fun and you could take it pretty dark and you could keep it with, you know, go watch gladiator, go watch Spartacus, go watch, some of those other movies on HBO and those series and, and go kind of a, a dark gritty route. You could go a more fun route with an act ink version of it, where you have like, you guys are wearing jerseys and maybe you're playing some form of a football game or a, a, a foosball soccer, a whatever foosball. game you want to call it, you know, <gasps> basketball game or whatever, but it has fighting in it and it has, you know, full contact. And it's, you could do a roller derby show inside and you're a roller derby team that, you know, does, and you could really create some really fun, different, cool games and environmental effects and weird um, places they're going to fight. So you can come up with a lot of that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. puzzles, or maybe there's a, maybe the teams for one season have to go through a maze and it's about how fast they can get through it and they score points and time and they get cool stuff. So I really thought that could be an interesting way if you so, talk to your players and really got them to buy in. Yeah. So you're doing two things is what it sounds like. There's like yeah. a, a sports ball aspect. Sports of we need ball. to score these points, but I also yeah. need to like, I don't know that that's a control wizard's dream. I feel like, let me just <laughs> spider web the whole floor. Toss me the yeah. ball. I'm going to levitate over here. Yeah. Uh, that would be fun. Uh, I like, I, I would, like, combats that have more than one objective because so many times it's like your objective is just well kill the other player or kill kill the the other monsters or take them out and and when you add that level of like well i need to take these guys out but that lava is getting really high or like Mm -hmm. i need to take these guys out but that door is closing and i also need to get on the other side of that door how do i and so then that's where create creative play comes in and you're yeah. not looking at your character sheet as a list of here are the things that I can do. Instead, you're just like, can I, mm-hmm. can I make an athletics check to do this? And you're like, yeah, that's cool. So yeah. that's where you I feel really interesting D and D or really interesting D and where I feel yeah. really interesting. Um, uh, uh, play comes in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and fans of the show who would have remembered, I did do a little, Colosseum kind of fight in my campaign where I had each of the players fight one of the other players and they were in a tournament trying to vie for a prize. And that as a DM could be interesting where you're more of like a judge and you're letting two of your players face off in an arena and battle it out with their skills and their turns and maybe take their initiative roles and, mm. and roll them, maybe change a couple of things, put in some environmental effects, change initiative that you roll at the beginning of each turn to see who goes first. Don't just have it set once and then 
you stay with it, maybe make mm-hmm. it a little bit more random and then have them duel to see who's going to be, you know, the top of the chain. And then you go back to what you're doing, but they're always thinking in the back of their head, if I've got to fight this guy, he beat me last time because he had that really good backstabbing damage or something. I got to find a way yeah. to mitigate that, that damage. I'm going to do something, you know, if they know. And so you could really base a really fun sports kind of franchise game and keep it fun. You could go gritty mm-hmm. and dark, um, you know, that they, you could really explore some of the, the underground of pit fighting. And cause like in, in um, water deep, they have the, the, off time activity oh, that you can yeah. do downtime activity that you can one do, of them is pit fighting. fighting. Yeah. And sometimes you could roll a dice and find out what's happening. You could maybe make up a cool story about it, but what if your campaign was about that? You know, that was mm-hmm. the thing that these pit fights that happen in Waterdeep. maybe there's a fight club circuit going on in Waterdeep that every Friday night, every 10 day, mm-hmm. there's a new place, a new warehouse, a new set of foes, and bang, you're into it, you know? So I just thought just an interesting bardic inspiration that popped up. It came up, uh, uh, funny enough, if any of you out there are Minecraft um, uh, fans, and if you, I love, when I watch Minecraft, I watch Etho, he's my favorite YouTuber out there. And they were building a arena for to play in Minecraft so that they could fight each other and do some stuff. And that's what, oh, that's kind that's of what cool. got my wheels kind of burning along i'm like mm-hmm. oh, we could do that at D D. it'd be so good <laughs> and i did just break the first rule of fight club i'm talking about it too much in fact because <laughs> i know jordan probably has a bardic inspiration for us he wouldn't let us down two weeks in a row no, without no, a bardic not inspiration not at all i don't know why you're even insinuating that things like that could happen <laughs> um no uh i had a I'm sorry. I'm trying. I'm trying to do too many things at once. Um, Bardic inspiration. I uh, mm-hmm. was talking with my Rod of Seven Parts players um, after the show one day. Um, mm-hmm. So we finished the show, but we always chat for like another half hour. Sometimes it's fun. And uh, Ted from Nerd Immersion brought up that there's a misprint in the Wildmount book, and I don't know if you saw this, but there's a whole uh, city in Wildmount, uh, but the measuring stick at the bottom that tells you how far things are in actual space is in miles instead of feet. Uh So all of a sudden, um, this boat, if you like take that and actually measure it, the boat that's in the Harbor is the size of, uh, the UK (laughs) United Kingdom. And so, uh, we were laughing about that and he ended up making a funny clickbaity video about it. It was fun, but like we were laughing about that, but that's what got me thinking is like, not that you get shrunk down, but, you know, world four of Super Mario Brothers three, I think, is uh, giant land. And what if you did go to another plane or something where it's like, no, it's literally Faerun, except everything's just huge. Uh, and maybe the planet's bigger. Maybe it's not. So maybe it is just people take a step and they go to the next one. But I like the idea of a of a ship the size of the UK. And you're just like, where are we? Like, what is happening? Maybe there's giant people there. Maybe there's not. Uh, but running around as a smaller version of yourself brings, or as a small version in a large place, brings, you know, problems. And you're like, I don't know how to get up these stairs. And That's I don't know how to do this. That's such a great relevant thing because right now on steam just a week or two ago i bought a game called grounded Uh and it's about four kids who were shrunk down in their backyard 
and have to try to figure out what's going on because now they're the s- smaller than ants yeah. in their backyard. And it is a beautiful looking game. It's a fun game to play. Um, it's that all that honey, I shrunk the kids kind mm-hmm. of thing. But also that also made, when you were saying that made me think of Ack Inc, how they started that first session of the C team. He shrunk them down yeah. in the inn and they had to figure out what was going yeah. on and the cat was a problem and they're mice and there's, you know, they're doing all kinds of cool stuff and trying to get from one place to another was really hard because the, the distances now are so big. Yeah. And that's such a fun, exciting thing to think about the, and even as a kid, you would be out in your backyard and think about, boy, what would it be like if I was the size of a ladybug yeah. in your backyard looking at, you know, whatever. So um, cool. if you ever play the adventure in the Acquisitions Incorporated book, uh, you get to go through that process. There you um, go. <laughs> you, and it, I think it's called the test market. And when we played yeah. through it, it was a lot of fun because we would we came in and uh, all of a sudden we're just like, what? We're in like a magical tavern. And then we started, like the tavern started growing and we're like, what? And yeah. then the cat came out and we had to figure out what we're doing. It was yeah. fun. It was a it was lot of fun. It was the intern test for acting. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. really cool. It's uh, so I, I've never done that. Um, and there's a, there's a DC Lankmar module that I have that is similar where you get shrunk down and you have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I don't know. I like this idea of like a really huge boat. Yeah. Go to and steam and look at grounded and just watch the video that they play there. I, I bought the game. It's so yeah. fun to, to goof That's around cool. and play in. Hashtag not sponsored by ground. Very good. But we would like to be hashtag. Yeah. If you want to sponsor the hash browns. D&D show. I want to use hash browns. I'm hungry. <laughs> So that was Bardic Inspiration. Yeah. You guys let us know your Bardic Inspiration or now that we've given you a couple of ideas, you guys run with it and tell us how you ran with it or how you would do it or maybe another idea that you got because you heard that one, but then it gave you this other idea. So put those in the comments and let us know. Keep that conversation running because we love to hear all those things. When I go back to those videos, I love reading through there and just finding other people's ideas that they had for campaigns or, or games that they yeah. can run. You know, uh, what, what's the best class for a miniature campaign like that? Like if you were that tiny, Ooh, well, you need something with what, um, mobility, you're going to need to be tough. Cause everything's super strong. Yeah. I'm trying to think <laughs> like of like, ant would tear you apart. Uh, what if you're a wizard and you shrink down, but you cast enlarged self on you. And so you're like. A, maybe you're still small, still small, but you're like <laughs> hobbit sized. Maybe I don't yeah, know. Like, yeah. oh, you're gonna get that big. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. I don't know. I don't know. It depends yeah, on how small I would you assume are. you go from the size of like a dime to the size of a quarter. Maybe it would be. Oh, the, okay. Your spell just goes. Oh shoot! <laughs> <laughs> did not do what I thought it was gonna. That would be funny. I don't know. I'm trying to think of like. Uh, I guess. I guess. Well, I, I don't know. I, it depends on the situation. If you're. Yeah. You know, traveling, you want a ranger. If you're not, you want to do other stuff. But. I think I'd want to be a rogue so I could hide a lot because I think you're going to need good. to hide a ton if you're that small. Yeah, uh, yeah that's true. Um, running into the last part of our show, we talk about our games that we are playing. Uh, Lucian is playing Dungeon of the Mad Mage. What is going on with your Well, I did have a question. I mean, we got plenty of time, but I did have one question that popped up while we were talking in the news that I was going to ask. Me and you read through... Um, Tasha's, we've seen what we think is going to be in it. We kind of understand there's well, probably well, I'm going to stop you before there's lots of comments. Uh, we have not read through Tasha's. We have no early We've read access. through the rumors <laughs> of what's going to yes. be in it. Yeah, we've analyzed it. We've listened to, to all of the people that have inputted in on what we think is going to be in it. 
Do you think at this point, now having everything that we have, there's any class that's missing? Have Some we finally class, covered like, everything where you would have said, I mean, I wish we had this in a book and we still don't have it. But after Tasha's out, is there anything you can think of class-wise, subclass-wise, that you think, oh, they, we still don't have one of these and I've been waiting for one or I've been wanting to make one or I did make one and I put it on the DMs Guild. But is there anything not um, covered for you at this point? And this is just Jordan, purely Jordan. There's been a character you want, you keep waiting for them to create that they haven't created yeah. or something. Uh, so no, uh, Pathfinder has a summoner. Um, and I think okay. w- with the Conjuration Wizard and the new upscale conjuration spells Mm -hmm. um you might i might be able to build and fill that niche but the actual summoner and pathfinder is very um like you have a linked pet that you've kind of made a warlock pact with that fights with you and for you and you augment Mm -hmm. it just as much as it augments you and it's 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 a it's a relationship as opposed to just, I summon something and go fight for me kind of a thing. Uh, and I think that's really what I, I feel is missing. And I don't know. So even if, though we have the artificer with a couple of pets, we've yeah. got the ranger and you can do pets. We've got spellcasters who could get the spell to do pets. Yeah. Summoners well, still, we'll see if the pets get list. updated for ranger. Um, and there's the summoner druid. Uh, there's circle of shepherd. Um, mm-hmm. So, but... They've never really, I guess I just keep picturing the art in my head of this like okay. spellcaster summoner. And I, <laughs> I, I loved summoner was my favorite class in final fantasy, uh, yeah. specifically final fantasy 11. I played, I played a, a mostly summoner. I loved that class, uh, until puppet master came out and then I played puppet master cause I like pets. Um, but again, talking about, could I solve that with a magic item? Do I need to have a whole class that, is wrapped around this. And I really don't, uh, mm-hmm. I could literally have you get a bracelet that attunes you to this creature. And now you have it as a mount. You can have it attack. You can do all this other stuff with it. You can see through its eyes. Like the things that I want to do, I could probably create a magic item around that. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know what's missing. I guess it's a tough question that you proposed, but I would have to say that I want like a, I want a full on summoner, class that would be kind of cool yeah so well I, I think the reason i even brought it up was i was wondering have we hit that inflection point of they've given us enough to work with that we can make all of the possible all of our possible character dreams come true or do we still need another book or two before we hit that point you know as i was yeah. wondering are we at that point yet have we finally gotten there because i mean xanathar has brought us close with a lot of those really cool subclasses and mm-hmm. now with tasha's that's bringing us really close with all of these other subclasses coming in. So we're finally getting there, but maybe we still need one more book or maybe, because after this, if they're going to do another book of subclasses, let's say next year at the end of the year, or what are they going to give us? What are we, what are we going to get? I mean, just imagine that because we have so much to choose from now. So that's where I was going when I was thinking about, uh, and the news I was going to ask. Yeah, no, uh, uh, it's a really good question. It's really interesting. I feel like a lot of the subclasses, they take, an idea from one and shift it over to another. Like yeah. College of Whispers really makes the bard more roguey. And uh, this uh, wild magic barbarian makes the barbarian kind of sorcery. Um, mm-hmm. And so 
there's going to be a point where it's like we can't steal mechanics from other classes anymore. Um, yeah. And when we do that, what's going to happen? Uh, mm. You know, like all of a sudden we have the paladin bard or something like that. And, <laughs> uh, you know, like it's it's. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, so yeah. the one I was thinking that I don't think we have yet, but like you said, we could do it with a DM could still do it. We could do it mm. with magic items. We could come up with our own rules to do it. But I still feel like one thing we're missing is the transformation class for I'm going to be a werewolf or I'm going to be a vampire. I'm going to be half vampire. I'm going to be half werewolf. Yeah. I'm going to be a daywalker. I'm going to be a, um, maybe I'm half mind flayer. Maybe I'm half something supernatural creature wise that I can do transformations into at certain times. Maybe there's things about that that happen, you know, full werewolf kind of play full vampire kind of play without unbalancing the game or, or, I think we're going to see prestige classes at some point. And I think those will be lumped in with prestige classes. Oh, somebody's saying werewolves and vampires are in Tasha. (laughs) Unconfirmed. I don't know if that's true. Somebody said beast barbarian. I was, that's kind of going a little bit that direction where, you know, maybe you can turn into almost like a were bear, or I just thought a a whole class based on the were would be cool because you could, at certain levels, you could get where rat, where boar, where tiger, where you know, yeah, where bear, where orca. I don't know where whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so I think where castle? Be kind of- no, yeah. where wolf? There yeah. castle? Where Tarask? You know. Ugh. So that's spooky. <laughs> um, but, I, I, anyway. yeah, that cursed. Uh, I did a DM Guild supplement that somebody wrote called Cursed Cursed Classes, mm-hmm. and they have like where creatures in that. So yeah. Uh, it's, it's a possible thing. I always felt that it needed to be like, you oh, could ghosts. take, there's only, I, I like the idea of like, there's only five levels of vampire. And mm-hmm. so that's why I say prestige class where you could take those five levels. But after that, it's like, well, now you're a maxed out vampire. You're as strong as a vampire is going to get, but you could yeah. still be a fighter. You could still be a, a, a anything. Um, but mm-hmm. that has defined you for these five levels. And now you are forced to multi-class into bard or something, yeah. or it makes, it makes more sense to me if I am a level 10 uh, bard and I get bit by a vampire, I now have the, I have unlocked the option to take five levels of vampire or I could try and suppress that. But just the act of biting me gave me one level. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, well, now I'm level 11, but I'm a level 10 bard, level one vampire. I could either jump into this head first or I could like, well, I'm going to go back to bard and I'm going to try and fight this. Yeah. And, and that's a whole quest where it's like, I want to, get rid of this level of vampire and take a level of bard instead. And I, I don't know, that's a mechanical way of making it kind of interesting. So to me. And that kind of leads into a little bit about my game that we played. Uh, one of our players got bit and failed their save for the wear rat and is about to contract that wear rat disease and be about all that wear ratness. That's fun. Um, and it's really funny in our game because the player that got bit and failed also hates with a passion wear rats and kills them on site starts fights with them the minute he sees them or knows they're there ah, has so been a fitting. Huge genocide of wear rats and then has gotten bit and is about to become one yeah. so it was quite the uh funny session of what's been going on with that for our dungeon of the mad mage we were on the second level uh we're deep into the second level but we still got quite a bit to uncover so we, mm. we've still got a ways to go some of these levels are huge the maps are humongous, um, mm-hmm. but we're, we're getting through them and having some fun. So that's been good. Um, and that's kind of where the whole where, where thing came up from. Although yeah. I'd love to play like a werewolf in a Dungeons and Dragons game. The idea that 
maybe maybe one that you don't control very well. Maybe maybe it comes and goes, or maybe you have to roll and you make saves to make sure you don't change at the wrong time, or you know, yeah. or you know, just add some complication into it. That could be super fun. So it could be very interesting. But what yeah. about that was my games. I uh, we've been deep dungeon delving. Um, I'm thinking we're getting close to leveling up pretty soon. So I don't know if next show or the show after that I'll be able to come back and say I think I'm mm. going to be multi-classing to cleric. So I can talk a little bit about that, which would be fun. But uh, what's your current class? Right now I am um, a fighter, but I went arcane archer. So I am oh. a super sharpshooter longbow dude. That's drilling out the damage at the moment. Yeah. My dungeon master hates me for sure. <laughs> um, um, that's interesting about, that you want to go to cleric though. I thought that's, that's kind yeah. of, yeah. Well, here's what, here's what it is. I have nothing to do that's non bow based because I've everything up right. to this point, up into these levels is shoot your longbow. So every answer I have is shoot my longbow at no matter what it is. Okay. So I, I was thinking that now I could start to move into something that is other than shoot the longbow. <laughs> you know, whatever's yeah, happening. That makes sense. And I thought, and, and then I wanted to do, it's an Aarakocra is the class I'm playing. Yeah. Um, and I thought I wanted to play one that's left the idea of, flying is great and worshiping air and, and sky gods and that kind of thing and has gone underground and mm-hmm. finds that maybe he likes that more than the open sky, which would be anathema to the Aarakocra tribes, right? That would just be something that wouldn't mm-hmm. even, wouldn't fly at all, pun intended, <laughs> <laughs> for them. And so I thought that might be a cool, fun angle to um, to kind of route through, so... But what about Jordan's Rod of the Seven Parts? You've got a few minutes you can tell us about this little campaign you've been running. Heck yeah. Um, man, Rod of Seven Parts is really, really fun. Uh, I Every time I've been, every time I DM, honestly, but like with this game too, I try different things. So this was one of, one of the games where I'm like, I'm going to try Theater of the Mind because I always use a grid and I like having a grid and things like that. And uh, a couple episodes ago, I tried riddles. So my, my players had to go through a couple of riddles. And that was fun to see them like in character be like, oh, I, I don't know. And then they're like sending me messages in chat and they're just like, what the hell, Jordan? Like, what do we do? And I'm like, figure it out. Like, and so we did a riddle game, which was fun. And then after the riddles, uh, this next game, I wanted to do kind of an old fashioned dungeon crawl. So they're in an extra dimensional plane space area that is a giant uh, graveyard with a temple to an evil deity they think in the center and they're not sure which deity it is. Um, It is, uh, but it is basically a dungeon for them to explore. And they ran into a couple of devils and they ran into some other stuff. So they're trying to piece this together. But playing through that, we realize that they don't know, they don't have any spatial really recognition of where they are, what's going on. So I told them that next Wednesday, I'm going to make a Roll20 game just so they can see. uh, We're not going to play it on a grid. combat. Come on. Yeah. I was like, we're not going to play it on a grid, but I think they oh. need to understand what's around them. Uh, just so, build the map, Jordan. Yeah. Just do the map. So well, I, part of me was like, you know, I think I will build something because, or, or and I also think I might buy the dynamic lighting because I like that too. But now oh, we're wow. getting into, I haven't built overlays to play that on Twitch and does it, it doesn't play well as a podcast. So I it's a know. big job yeah. yeah, if you do it, but it's so fun when you yeah. do. It is, it is. So we're going to, we're going to play around with that and I'm going to, 
I, I think it'll be good. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna do that. Um, so if you're interested about that, join me next week, uh, or not next week, but join me tomorrow on Twitch, uh, the same time as this show, and I will be working on Wednesday's Rod of Seven Parts game, which I'm really excited about. Um, yeah, so Rod of Seven Parts is going really well. Uh, they're searching for the sixth Rod Fragment. I can't get my players to put the Rod Fragments together. They're almost too scared to do that. Um, because, it, but the thing is- I can't is, believe that, because you have LB in that group. Uh, I would just imagine that if there's a button, she would push it. You would think so, but like, I'm like, do you guys, you have, <laughs> I was literally like, you have the money, you have some downtime. Do you want to put the rest of the Rod Fragments together? And they're like, no. And I'm like, okay. Sweet, all right. But like, it, they literally get in, like super powerful the more you connect them. And there is a chance that something could go wrong, and they don't know that, but like, if I was there, I'm just like, I wouldn't. I wanna know what happens when I connect more of them together. So mm -hmm. uh, we'll see when they get the sixth fragment, if they, what they do with it. Um, and then and then they have the seventh one to get, and then the game's gonna be over. Then and I've been over, thinking right? a lot. They get the seven and we're done. Yeah, and and uh, you know, and there's, there's probably a fight, who knows. Uh, but I have, I'll have to read the end of the adventure. I, mean, I haven't mm -hmm. got that far. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, it's, I've been thinking a lot about the next thing and, and I wonder if we'll keep going. Um, there's maybe Lex, maybe Ted want to actually run a game. That would be kind of fun. Um, or so if I want to run something stay else, together, so, I, yeah, I don't know. Cause we all really like together. each other and we have a lot of fun and it's been, mm -hmm. it's been like, this was an experiment, but like now, now that we're at the end of it, um, or towards the end of it, I just like I don't want to stop playing with these people because they're really fun. So we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> good. Uh, that yeah. is the that is the sign of a good campaign is that yeah. even though the an ending might be in sight, you're already thinking about I still want to play with all these people, and I can't wait for whatever next campaign we think about doing. Maybe it's these characters, maybe it's not, maybe but it's just that fun playing with you. That's the kind of group we have right now with. Our Tuesday night game, it's just, it wouldn't matter what game we were playing. It's just the idea exactly. that we're together and playing has yeah. been really fun and good. Yeah. Which is fun because uh, LB's talked about it. Uh, and I know Lex is down, but there was talk of us uh, playing some Dungeon Crawl classics. Like, uh, and I know we're like, I know I'm the D&D &D guy, but like that would be a lot of fun to stream some DCC, um, especially with those players because I know that they would have a, a fun time with it. So. Yeah. <laughs> Take a drink, Danimal. He's talking about DCC again. Yeah. Uh, that's the new joke is that whenever I talk, bring up Dungeon Crawl Classics, uh, you have to take a drink because it's a Saturday morning DD show drinking DVD game. Saturday morning drinking game. Yeah. Although I'll be <laughs> having Saturday coffee. morning, which is the other part of the joke. Yeah. But if you're in Australia, it's <laughs> yeah, either it's really early or really it's late. Like 4 a.m. or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He can drink. Super that's fine. Light. That's fine. Super late. Um, fun in the sun. Well, uh, and then Wild Mount is happening. Uh, I'll talk about more about that uh, next week, maybe with because uh, I'm playing tonight. Should be a lot of fun. But I'm I, I am really enjoying Wild Mount. Uh, and I will say this because I don't know the world and the lore, and so it's been fun to just be like, oh, like you mean they don't like dwarves? Like, and it just mm -hmm. blows my mind. I'm like, oh, just that's sit fun. Back and not know. Yeah, because yeah, I don't like, have pre-existing things of like, oh yeah, the drow are evil. Like. Drow might not be evil. Like this is yeah. this is a completely different world. So I I like that a lot. It's been fun, and it has also inspired me to create my own um, campaign that I've been working on. So yeah, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's our show. Um, we're gonna we're gonna walk out of here like classy men, mm -hmm. and just you know I hung up some more stuff too. That's nice, huh? Uh, anyway. <laughs> 
Uh, we're gonna we're gonna drop the mic and walk out of here. Uh, anything else before we take off, sir? No, hit that like button, hit that subscribe, tell your friends, go to those comments, keep that conversation going because we want to hear what you guys are doing out there. Tell us about your games. Tell us about all the cool stuff you're doing. Tell us about those Kickstarters you're doing. Yeah. Uh, Let us know about that stuff too because I've I've already signed up for a couple. I like to do one a month and I've been finding some good ones out there. um, Yeah. So I'm excited. I did the old school essentials. That one looked really good. Yeah. The art and the books and everything will look really cool. And I think that one ended. Uh, but I backed that, and I'm really excited for that. And I have a Empire of the East DCC Kickstarter coming in and some RPG tarot cards. Lots of cool stuff. Let us know. Uh, again, Apple iTunes reviews. Sh- tell your friends. The best way to help the show is word of mouth. So if you have people that are interested in D&D, and join us next week as we will talk a lot about Rime of the Frostmaiden. So I'll see you guys later. Bye. Our intro and outro music is 8-Bit March by Twin Musicom, licensed under Creative Commons. Check out their website at www.twinmusicom.org.